I have, I have something in my heart I wanted to share today, and I'm quite excited about it. Um, thank you. So, weeks ago, God placed this in my heart, and, and, and because I was supposed to preach for also Sunday at a youth service, I thought, all right, God, is this just for Sunday? And I really felt strong that this was for all the services, Saturday and Sunday. And so, I don't want to... Uh, spend too long you know, telling jokes and, and doing an introduction. Let's go straight into it. Can we do that? All right. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Genesis chapter 22. Okay, you have the scripture, see, yeah? Yeah, all right. Okay, I'm going to do an illustrated sermon today. Thanks, Kim. Just play, play whenever. Uh, yeah, and whatever you feel. Yeah. Um, I need an Abraham in a house. So maybe you can get Big J. Yeah. Um, small J, Jason, could you help me? <laughs> yeah, because he's like, Big J, medium J, small J. <laughs> All right. Um, there, is, there is something behind the... All right. So, we are going to go through chapter 22. Okay, so at this point, Abraham already has Isaac, and I'll be Isaac today. All right. So, we, as we read along, I'm just going to illustrate this. All right, yeah, that's the one. Okay, just hold on to it. Just put it down. After all this, Abraham, uh, God tested Abraham. God said, Abraham. Yes. Answered Abraham, I'm listening. He said, take your dear son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll point out to you. That's it. That was, so God, God calls him. Hello, Abraham. He said, yeah, I'm listening. And this is what he tells him. Take your dear son, Isaac. Now, we know that, that Abraham had another child before this, right? And, and it was Ishmael and he's, this was years ago. And now Isaac's in the picture and Ishmael's out of the picture. He tells Abraham to take your dear son, Isaac. Isaac, who's the promised one, the chosen one. The one that promised to him like 21 years ago before he had and before all this, he was really so old and he, he knew that he was not going to have any kids. But God said, you know, you're going to have a son. And through this son, you will have generations, descendants upon descendants. And so, we know this story pretty well. Because this is the story where Abraham is tested by God to the maximum. He said, take us, dear son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Alright? In chapter 3, uh, verse 3, Abraham got up early. So Abraham did not say a single thing. He got up early the next morning and settled his donkey. Okay. <laughs> he took two of his young servants and his son Isaac. Alright. And he had split wood. Okay, the wood is not really split, but he had wood for the burnt offering. He set out for the place God had directed him. Okay. Where, where did God direct you? There? Okay. Let's go, Dad. So they, go, they got out. Okay, with the... 
with a donkey and servant in tow. He had split wood for the burnt offering. He set up for the place that God had directed him. And on the third day, he looked up. No, Abraham, you don't carry it. The, the donkey carries it. <laughs> he looked up and saw the place in the distance. Where is it? That is it there? Is it that? That's the one? All right. Abraham told his two young servants, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going over there to worship and then we'll come back to you. So stay here, okay? Then Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and gave it to Isaac, his son. Okay. And they set out to the place. He carried the, the flint and the knife and off they went. Oh, this is really heavy. <laughs> it's okay. This, this, this builds character, you know. Father and son mo moment. Uh. It's alright. Dad, it's okay. Yeah, I got it. I got it, Dad. I got it. Now, let's, let's stop here a bit. Okay, okay, let's go back down. Dad, let's, let's yeah, hear that. <laughs> so, if you notice, right, Abraham got up early that morning and and he's, he saw Moriah in the distance. So he woke Isaac up. It's like, like how, you know, you know, wake your kids up for, for church, right? Isaac has no clue what's going to happen. And he's like, Dad, where are we going, Dad? Where are we going? We're going to go worship. Oh, okay. Worship lah. Okay, I'll go to church lah, right? And then they, they started their journey. And so this whole time, Isaac sees the wood. He sees the donkey, he sees the servant, and okay, it's like a father and son time. So they go, and they walk for three days. They just keep walking. That, we're, we're walking that. <laughs> and this whole time, Abraham doesn't say anything at all. But he knows what God has asked him to do. Isaac has no clue whatsoever. And so they're walking, and then Isaac's probably just talking to Abraham like, that, you know that day, right, in school, yeah, there was this guy who bullied me, and Seriously, I, I, I didn't know what to do, so I kind of pushed him. You know, was that wrong? And Abraham is just quiet the whole time. And you know, Dad, 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 um, the latest Xbox is out, you know. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I get the Xbox, like, next week? You know, like, no? Focus, focus, okay. For three days, Abraham does not say a single thing. And Isaac is just probably himself, just like, you know, any other kid. Like, just walking and like, and he and when they arrive there, Abraham just tells his servants, okay, we're going to go up now, father and son thing. You stay here. And they go up. Usually, <coughs> when we go, when they go, back in the day, when they go and offer sacrifices, they will bring a little lamb. And they usually will put a lamb on the shoulder and they, and they walk. They will bring the sacrifice. They realized that this whole time, Isaac did not ask a single thing at all for the three days until they came to the place, right? And then, Isaac began to realize that we have the wood, we have the fire, but where's the offering? Nick, can you... Should it? Yeah. Where's the offering? That I mean, 
we walk for three days. Are we, are we like, is this like a, 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 another character building thing where we are supposed to, you know, hunt for our, our lamb now? Because we walked for three days and it was really tiring, you know. And if we just walked up the mountain, it's like, uh, so seriously, not funny anymore. I'm really tired, but where's the offering? And this is what Abraham says. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Just that. Abraham says, God will provide. So God will provide the offering. Don't worry, kid. Let's go. So they kept, they kept going. They kept walking together and, oh yeah, i got to carry this. So they kept walking. And they arrive at the place. Is it here? I guess so. Seems like the center of everything. Okay, like that, seriously, where, where's the offering? I mean, we're, we're in a mountain now, I don't see any sheep. I see a mountain goat there, is that the one? No? No? We're not going to sacrifice a mountain goat? No. I, I don't think we're going to sacrifice birds, right? And Abraham at this point doesn't even say anything. He built the altar, the Bible tells us, he built the altar, he laid out the wood and then all he does is he ties up Isaac. Okay. Yeah. He ties up Isaac and laid him on the wood. I'm going to slow down just a bit here. Isaac, I think at this point, I believe he was, whatever was going through his mind was like, Dad, what are you doing? Dad, Dad, Dad. Dad, what are you doing? Why are you tying me up? This is not funny. It's not a joke. Then he sees Abraham lay out the wood like, yeah, I see the altar here, but why are you tying me up? I mean, if you're not going to have fun now, right? It's a serious time. It's worship. We're going to worship God, right? Dad, what are you doing? Dad, Dad. And Abraham doesn't say anything. Now, being a, being a dad myself, I mean, I love, I love my little girl to bits. Like, Literally. I don't think if God were to tell me to do this, I don't think I'll be able to do it myself. No way. I don't think a lot of us would want to do it to our kids. Like, sacrifice your only child? I mean, this was the promised son. He had Isaac at the age of 100. 100 years old. And the only, I don't think he'll have any more after that. And here he is just acting out what he was told to do. And I believe that even without seeing anything, he looked at his son being tied up as he was going to lay his son on the altar. Can you carry me? Can I? Are you serious? I'm like 80, 89 kgs. And so, he laid his son on the altar, right? Okay, you can see me, right? Okay, maybe this, this is better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is good, this is good. <laughs> he laid his son on the altar, and without saying a word, like how, how parents are, sometimes you don't have to say anything. When mom is angry at you, you look at her, you see her eyes, you know, right? You better run for the hills already. 
because she's going to get you. I believe that Isaac immediately understood the whole situation, the gravity of it. He's, he looks at his dad and in his eyes, he could see his dad say, Son, you are the sacrifice. And Isaac laid on the wood and then Abraham reached out and took the knife to kill his son but just at the right time. Whew, an angel of God called to him out of heaven saying, Abraham, Abraham. He said, yes, I'm listening. Don't lay a hand on that boy. Oh, okay, that was the first sit up for the week. Don't touch him. Now I know how fearlessly you love, you fear God. You didn't hesitate to place your son, your dear son, on the altar for me. And then Abraham looked up. He saw a ram caught by his horns in a thicket. Abraham took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham named that place God Yireh. I'm reading from the message, by the way. That's where we get the saying, on the mountain of God, he sees to it. The angel of God spoke from heaven a second time to Abraham. I swear God's sure word, because you have gone through with this and have not refused to give me your son, your dear, dear son, I'll bless you. Oh, how I'll bless you. And I'll make sure that your children flourish like the stars in the sky, like the sand on the beaches, and your descendants will defeat their enemies. All nations on earth will find themselves blessed because your descendants, through your descendants, because you obeyed me. And Abraham, Abraham went back after the sacrifice. And we have him back. All right. I'm just going to bring this down. Thank you. I'll just put it here. All right. Thank you. Let's give Big J and Medium J a small J a hand. <laughs> When I was reading this, and I, this is what the Lord laid in my heart. And I tried to put myself in Abraham's shoes. I'm like, wow, no way, God. No way am I able to do this. Even if you were ask me to, to give up Jalia, I don't know, for a greater purpose, just give her up. I, I don't think I've, I'm able to do it. I don't think I'm, I'm able to even just let her go. I can't even let her go out of the house, you know, just to play if without me being there. You know what I mean? I already told I already told Yen like when she was born, like Jayla's not gonna have a boyfriend until she's 40 years old. <laughs> I think I'm gonna up it to 50 la. <laughs> For as long as I'm alive, I'm her only guy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know like daddy's girl. But but it was it was it was something that the Lord challenged me. Challenge my heart. See, John, you've given up so much. You've given up here and there. But are you willing to give up everything? I'm like, God, where are you, where are you going with this, God? I mean, I literally give up everything. I mean, like, I, I'm serving you full time, right? And that's the thing. We've learned growing up, I think in an Asian society, we've learned that if we don't bring home, as kids, right, if we don't bring home straight A report card, a report card that has good results, 
We know, right, either mom or dad will bring out the cane or the belt. Okay? As you you got to man up and just take it. I used to get cane a lot for a lot of things. Not just my report card. I used to get cane for, for like, running out of the house at four years old, running across the main road, almost killed myself. I got caned badly for that. But putting that all aside, I know growing up and in going to school, I wasn't a bright student, but I gave my best. And still, we're going to caning one because mom and dad are just mom and dad. Lah. Uh, Asian parents. Lah. <laughs> and so, through that experience, we all learn to make sacrifices. We all learn to tell ourselves, okay, I need to to set aside time to study. I need to set aside this amount of money for this and that. I need to set aside... And we learn to make sacrifices as we are growing up. As kids, we already know. And by the time we we become adults, we, we understand that making sacrifices is necessary for whatever reason or purpose, no matter how noble or how not noble it is. And so we do all that. We sacrifice our time for our kids. We sacrifice our resources, money to send, send them for a good education. We sacrifice the things that we like for the things that they want. We sacrifice, some of us, you know, who... As, as students, we sacrifice so much time. We said, no, I got to study, got to study, got to study, got to study, got to study so that I can bring home that A. And we, we sacrifice time to come to church. We sacrifice, what else? Relationships. Some of us who are, who are now just getting started with our careers, we, we learn to sacrifice so much, even up to the point of, of, of giving up certain relationships or hurting certain relationships whether we, we know it or not, so that we could pursue a, a career that, that, is, that is in our sights. Because we are taught that. We are all taught that. That's how we, we are all raised to be, you know. Time, money, energy, material. Sometimes we even, we try to put ourselves out there so that we could be recognized, so that we could have that position of, of what, whatever, you know, worth we sacrifice our pride we sacrifice our self-worth it's okay I'll just do this I'll just do all this it's just so we could get where we want we sacrifice our health literally sacrifice our health all the way we're like it's okay lah I don't have to sleep man. I don't have to sleep I just gotta finish up all this you know because it's important it's important and the work keeps piling up but you know I, I just gotta do it because all of us love something or someone and that's what drives us to sacrifice all that we are, all that we have. But is it, is it that? Is that what God was asking Abraham? Is that what God was telling us through the Word? Sometimes we could be like Isaac. He's the one carrying the wood, right? He has no clue. For three days plus, he was the sacrifice carrying the wood. <laughs> it's, 
it's quite 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 an interesting way of raising your kid. You don't tell him anything at all, but you make him do all the work, free labor. He carries the wood and he brings, he sets it down like, okay, all right, no more jokes, no more, no more, no more small talk. Tell me that. Where is the sacrifice? And Abraham doesn't say anything, but through his eyes, you, you know, you are the sacrifice, son. If I were Isaac, I will kick and scream. I will fight tooth and nail to get out of it. No way are you going to do that to me, Dad. No way. Of course, it'd be like, are you crazy? I'm your only son. You know how old you are? You know there's no way you can have kids. There's no technology now that you can have kids at 100 years old. But Dad, come on. You know what I'll do? I'll take the wood, right? Dad, it's okay lah. We don't need an animal, right? We can, we can sacrifice. We brought a lot of wood. We can just burn wood, right? We can burn wood. We, we, we can just put all this, make it very nice, make it presentable to God. And you like the fire, like, wow, it's like a huge bonfire. I mean, then we can all like sing Kumbaya and like, you know, God will be happy, right, Dad, right? No? No? I mean, Dad, look. If you can take this and burn it first, this will, this will represent one part of our worship. God, this, this, like that, this, this can represent, you know, our, our uh, sin offering. There's so much we can do with this wood. We can divide it. We can divide it, Dad. And it's good, right? It's good. Maybe. If I were Isaac, but Isaac didn't do that. He was a more obedient son. And so sometimes, what I'm trying to get here is this. Sometimes we try to, to tell ourselves maybe that maybe this is good enough. I sacrificed my time. I sacrificed some some of my finances I, God I bring to you all this you know I bring to you all this and and maybe this whole thing wow this is this is all that I love I bring it for you God I will willingly burn it for you I carried it all the way for you I walked up the mountain for you with this because we're so used to dividing our time and resources. This is for this and this is for this. This is for this. Sometimes we may bring our worship unto God and divide it and say, God, this, this wood, we try to divide the wood. We break it up. I shouldn't want new shoes today. <laughs> oh, my favorite shoes. Uh, and so, is that what God requires? Can you imagine if Abraham said that? He said, walk all the way, right up to Moriah and say, God, you know, actually, I don't think I want to give Isaac up. Lah. I don't think so. Lah. Actually, it's true. Maybe, maybe Abraham was also thinking that maybe you can have the wood, God. This is maybe one of the servants. <laughs> maybe the donkey. But we left the donkey down there. So, there's no way. But I like, I like Abraham's faith. I mean, there's Abraham was one of the heroes is one of the heroes in the Bible and he's always known for his faith it was accounted to him for righteousness 
because he obeyed God. He was called a friend of God. We want, we want the Moriah in our lives. We want, the, we want the providence. Moriah was a place where Abraham called it the place where God provides. It was also there the angel of the Lord told him that I will bless you. Oh, I will bless you beyond even what you can ever imagine. Just look at the stars and the sand and I will bless you. We want that. I mean, none of us would say no to, to if God was to give you a huge check. No, one, not, no one's going to say no to that. God's going to bless you. You're not going to say no to that, right? And, and we, we, we come to church, we, we worship Him, we, we, we give our tithes and offerings and, and we do all that. And God does bless us. He does. Because there are many other ways He will bless us and through our, by our, our, the way we live our life and our actions. But this is the ultimate test of faith that Abraham had to act out. It's not the wood. And it's not even about human sacrifice. Don't get this story wrong. God was not allowing a human sacrifice. He will never and He will never ever. But this was the ultimate test. Now if you have your Bibles, just turn to Romans chapter 12. If you read in the NIV and the NLT translation, this is the famous scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, about Paul asking us to be living sacrifices. And that's actually the title of my message today, being a living sacrifice. Because it's not about us lying down on the altar and it's not that literal physical act but it's about being a living. It's, it's continuous. It's daily. So, before I go back to the previous, previous slide. No, next slide. After, yeah. The one with Romans 12, 1. Sorry. Nick, the, the, you got it right just now. Offer yourself to God. Has God been good to you? Yeah? God's been good. Has God been real to you? Yeah. Has God saved you and I? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Has God provided? Yes. Has God seen you through the impossible? Yes. Has God spoken to you? Yes. Has God, has God redeemed you? Yes. Has God kept you safe, protected you? Yes. Has God loved you? Yes. Has He poured out His blessings on you? Yes. Therefore, offer yourselves to God because of all 
He has done for you. Because of all. Ultimately, because He gave His Son for you and I, that we will not die, that we will have eternal life. Because of that very fact, can we offer ourselves to God as a living sacrifice? I'm not saying that making all the other sacrifices is wrong or it's, it's, it's not enough. It's good. It is so good. We do that because we love God. But every time we come to this scripture, the first portion, we're like, be a living sacrifice. We're like, how? How do I do that? How do I be a living sacrifice? Do I every day, you know, make an altar, imaginary altar in my bedroom and I just lay down and like, God, I'm a living sacrifice today. Alright, thank you. I get out of the door and I get on with my life. It's what happens on the inside out. In the message, it's written this way. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. So I'm going to read the whole portion from the, from the message. So here's what I want you to do. This is Paul saying, uh, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life you're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it even without thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you. Wow. That one portion alone is like, wow. Does it not wow you? <laughs> because God is not concerned about what really goes, goes on around us to a certain extent. Because culture trends, things change. We want to change our appearances or we want to change the way we do things just to fit into the, to the culture, the trend or, or do things differently, you know, because that's how, that's how the company rolls now. That's how, that's how people, society function nowadays. But it's all external. What God is concerned is, I'm going to change you from the inside out and not outside in. And so the question, the question remains, how do I become a living sacrifice? In my, in my daily life, how? Paul's very clever. He tells us that, right? And then he gives us actually a whole list. It's not a to-do list, but he tells us exactly, you want to be a living sacrifice? Then do this. Before we go into that, St. Anthony of Padua, one of the, one of this, um, monks he said this the devil is afraid of us when we pray and make sacrifices it's good the devil is afraid of us when we already pray always here pray right even if we give thanks for our food we pray <laughs> we make sacrifices right for the for the, our loved ones and because we love God we make sacrifices the devil is afraid of us when we pray and make sacrifices he's also afraid when we are humble and good so we try to live our life well he gets even more afraid. He's especially afraid when we love Jesus very much. 
he's, he's shaking in his pants already when we say, you know, God, I love you so much. There's nothing else in this world that I want but you. And he runs away when we make the sign of the cross. He runs away when Christ is seen throughout our lives. When everything that we do reflects the work of cross, of the cross, the work of Christ on Calvary. That everything we do, He runs away because He sees the cross. He knows He cannot condemn. He knows He cannot attack. He knows He cannot bring you down because you stand before the cross. Your identity is the cross. It's not about going everywhere like you go to the office. God bless you. <laughs> go to the market. Auntie sell you fish. God bless you. It's not about making that sign. I guess back then they did it, right? And so Paul tells us. So I've taken, I've taken uh, chapter 12, 9 onwards, right? From the message. This is just taken directly. This is not, this is not paraphrase. These are the exact words that Paul uses in the message. Let's do that. Therefore, be love. How do we be love? Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. It's not always about us, isn't it? The world tells us, it's all about you. You have it. You can make your own destiny. You are your own God. It's not always about us. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the Master. Don't just be alert for everything else. But as servants of Christ, be alert, cheerfully expectant, always waiting. God, what's next? God, who do I bless next? God, who do, I, who do I be a friend to next? God, how do I love this person? Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. The harder it gets, the harder you pray. That's it. That's what, that's what I've been telling, telling the young people. We've been having prayer meetings. Um, so we're having it like every month now. College, the college kids, college zone. And we've been growing in number. And and they've just been coming to pray. How, what do we pray? I just, tell, I just tell them, you know, you seek God. You ask God what to pray for. Is it tough for you? Some of them are going through so much hard times. Some of them are going through so, so much brokenness, so much challenges at home in their lives. And they come and they pray all the harder because they don't quit during the hard times. And I'm so blessed by their lives because they just show up. I just send a message and say, okay guys, we're meeting. Nobody says anything and boom, they just show up. Like, okay, Pastor, let's pray. Like, let's pray. And they pray for serious things. They pray for their families. They pray for relationships. They pray for, for, for the nation. They pray for, for, even, for even, you know, they've been praying for the pastor who has, been, who has been kidnapped. All the real stuff. Because they're not quitting on people. They're not quitting. They pray for the church. They're not quitting on the church. They're not quitting on their friends and on this nation and, on, and for what is right. Next one, help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Always, always figuring out how to be the most hospitable, how to be the best you can in reaching out. Bless your enemies. 
No cursing under your breath. I was telling the youth, uh, was it last week? I just did this last week, right? Just telling them. After this, when you go out from church in the car park, please don't curse. I know some people on Sundays, I've heard, I've heard stories. Because my dad used to serve as one of the uh, parking parking uh, attendants. <laughs> I want to say parking guys. <laughs> he used to serve that. He told me once that there's this there's this uh, person who left church. He was caught in the traffic going out. He was very upset. He turned to the parking attendant, scolded him, and showed his middle finger and drove off. Whether he was a church member or not, doesn't matter, right? You just finish service and you so, so they laugh like oh, you mean church members can do that I'm like people are people but we don't have to so bless your enemies no cursing under your breath like immediately after you go out here right if raining jam or whatever be nice on the road laugh with your happy friends when they're happy this is this is different translations tells us you know uh, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep share tears when they're down Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. He uses the word, don't be stuck up. Full stop. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. Get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. Let God take care of it. This is all here, right here in Romans, in the message. If you see your enemy hungry, Paul really likes to talk about enemies, huh? If you see your enemy hungry and thirsty, buy him or her. Well, I added the her there so that you know it's popular everybody. Buy him or her lunch and a drink. So not just a drink, uh, buy lunch or so. Okay. Let your generosity surprise him or her with goodness. There's another scripture in the Bible where it tells us to heap burning coals on our enemies, right? Basically, love them until they cannot take it. Don't let evil, and the last one, the last two, don't get, let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. You ask me, what's it take to be a living sacrifice? Everything that we already know. But sometimes it's one of the hardest things to do. One of the hardest things. I don't think I can even do all of this sometimes. And so, I'm going to end with this. <clears throat> we want the Moriah experience. We all do. Who doesn't want to hear God telling you, I will bless you beyond the stars, beyond the sands of the sea? Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to hear God say, I am proud of you and I will bless you? Moriah was a place of obedience, providence and blessings, but obedience came first. Obedience was the first act. And the consequence was the blessings and providence. I believe God is ready. I believe God is so ready.
to keep pouring out His blessings upon our lives. But are we so ready to be a living sacrifice and to obey His Word? No, because Abraham obeyed, God provided and blessed him. And not only that, God formed a nation through him. Just one man. Just one man, God formed a nation. Now, if I were to look at that and take that and apply it to our lives here, can you imagine if all of us obey God to that extent? Can you imagine how impactful and how changed can this nation be through every Christian? God may not form a nation through us, but I truly believe that He can change this nation through us. And so right now, wow, I'm really early. <laughs> it's good, right, if I'm earlier than normal? Yeah, yeah, I see some people like, because after this, like, what am I going to eat? I know I'm going to have, every time after I preach, I'm going to have a good meal. <laughs> Thank you, Mason. Okay. Pastor Vincent, I'm sorry, I did eat a carpet with lots of splinters. I want to take this time to to invite you to invite you not just to come up to be prayed for but for some of us we have probably not learned how to build an altar before the Lord for some of us maybe our altars have been broken And maybe it's been a while since we built an altar before the Lord and say, God, there's no other sacrifice that I'm bringing except me. I am the sacrifice. And so I'm just going to invite you and the altar area is open as the worship team leads us in this song. And if you feel that you want to come before God, say, God, I'm going to build my altar before you. I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a dedication today, a declaration today that I'm going to live my life to the best I can. I'm going to be love wherever I go. I'm just going to be love because of all that you have done for me. I'm going to be love. You're welcome to come to the altar. Come to the altar area. Build your altar. If some of you feel that you need to rebuild that altar, by all means, because I know for sure that God is ready. He is so ready to meet with us.